This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, it's great to be back and to talk about the Knicks. Gordon and I will do it on a special edition of ESPN New York Tonight right now. Oh, we can't wait to talk to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian McGee. Mike, Mike! We're here until 10 o'clock. No, we don't start at 10. We're here until 10. Anita Marks will join you at 10 o'clock. Gordon? Gordon, is that you? Larry, welcome back. I don't know if you've heard. Some things have changed since you left. I know we're starting at we started at seven when I left. We're back at seven. <laughs> <laughs> Some things don't change. That, yeah, that that is is uh, remaining the same. But uh, the Knicks, I don't know if you've oh. heard, the oh. Knicks are not only in the playoffs, Larry. They're the fourth seeded team in the Eastern Conference. They have home court advantage when things open up against the Hawks. What a time to be alive, huh? Now let me share this with you, Gordon. Aside from being on vacation. Last week was my 11th anniversary as well. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Jeanette's put up with me for 11 years. In a row. In a row, consistently, yeah. Con- I, yeah, consecutively. I, That's amazing. And, and I think my contract is day-to-day. It's, 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 I, got, I got another year, <laughs> but it's day-to-day. <laughs> so, so during that time, you know, like, let's, let's, pull the gla- let's pull the curtain behind so people can understand. When we're on the air... We're following, like we're making notes during games. Sure. Like when Gordon and I are talking to you, we, 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 pack, we take notes. We, we look at this, so we got to remember this, mention this, key phrases, stuff like that. So when you're on vacation, Gordon, especially your, hun- your, your honeymoon slash anniversary things, mm-hmm. you're not really taking notes, okay? You're, no. You're, you're, you're parachuting in. You're, you're kind of, you know, maybe you check the app every once in a while, you know, when the, the missus is in the ladies' room. You check the app to see what's going on, you know. Gordon, I was invested. <laughs> the Knicks. I was invested. And Saturday and Sunday, Gordon, was str- yesterday was as stressful a Nick game as I've had all season because nobody that you knew was playing for Boston yesterday. The tweets you had on Twitter where the Knicks were stumbling at the finish line, yeah. that was it. I mean, you just like – don't you got a chance for fourth? Don't blow this. What are you doing? Why are you? Why is there no point guard in the game? What? I'm like I'm shouting at Thibodeau. What are you doing? Morris looking at me like what, what's going on? I'm shouting at it. What are you doing? Can you put somebody in that can handle the basketball, please? So now that they've got the fourth seed, Gordon. Now that they're going to the playoffs. Strangely enough, I can relax because for me, I didn't expect. I was praying for playing. They're the fourth seed. They have a manageable first-round game, although from experience I know, both as a broadcaster and as a fan, be careful what you wish for because things don't always go the way you want them to because you think you have it in, in the pocket. But for me right now, they're the fourth seed. I'm very happy with them being the fourth seed. All I want to do now is just sit back and enjoy Gordon play Nick playoff games in May. Oh, baby, this is great. Yeah, well, look, the weekend really could not have gone better, right? You were you were hoping to take care of your business and see where the chips fall, and then you get the news on Saturday that the the Bucks they they're going to play, they're they're going to win the game. Mike Budenholzer said that you know they're they're not resting anybody; they're going to go out there and play their guys. And then Jimmy Butler sits out with the back spasm, so the help that you needed, you got. And then yesterday, it was almost like. Coming into the game, the Knicks were almost sleepwalking a little bit. And then by the end of the, the first half, they go on that run. They build it up to 15. And for Knicks fans, I think most of us, the celebration was on. And I think in that fourth quarter, maybe the Knicks thought that the celebration was on because that 17-point lead got cut down to one. So, look, I think maybe the Knicks are – it's been so long since the Knicks have been in the playoffs. The team was just simply getting you ready – for what anxious moments in the playoffs are going to be like, right? To see the big lead get worn down, and you're thinking to yourself, "No, not like this. Don't, don't let it. Don't, don't let this happen here." And I think that that's uh, the past Nick regimes that when things were going well, Knicks did not necessarily live uh, well with prosperity. But uh, no, look, they got the job done. It wasn't always pretty, and now the toughest thing you got is if you're a Nick fan is you got to wait a whole week before yeah. you get to see them again. You're right, and. I will excuse them to a point, Gordon, yesterday, because it's back-to-back. 
And you know Thibodeau plays people 174 minutes a game. Yeah. So for for a day game, 174 minutes, and then the next day, 174 minutes, I would excuse the roller coaster up and down. But here's the thing now. I just hope that he doesn't wear them out in practice over the next, like, over the next week to get them ready. But uh, for me, I'm just excited, Gordon, the, the fact that we've got playoff basketball at Madison Square Garden and, of course, at the Barclays Center with the Brooklyn Nets. They're also in the postseason. But let's face it, uh, for, for the Knicks to be in the playoffs and hosting a playoff series is just is, is wild, unexpected turn, as you can imagine. Yeah, it's beyond – Nick fans have a tendency to be wildly optimistic. I sometimes point out – perhaps a little delusional that they are. Um, we have our moments. But yeah, but uh, even the most delusional Nick fan, Larry, and we take calls all the time. All the shows take calls all the time. I don't remember a single person telling me the Knicks are not only going to be in the playoffs, they're going to be the four seed. I, I mean, we got some, some calls that people, you know, Knicks are going to be a playoff team this year. Thibodeau is going to really push them. And, and certainly the play-in was something you were looking at. Nobody anywhere could have thought the Knicks would end up being the four seed. And again, it's not a fluke. They are, you know, they had the fourth best season, right? They, they were stumbling, you know, kind of at 500 floating around there for a while. But they won 16 of their last 20. The second half where the schedule was more difficult, including that road trip, they took care of the, the things that they had to take care of. And they are the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. Now, that's not to say that the playoff series against Atlanta is going to be easy. They're evenly matched teams. They have the exact same record. But uh, just to, to kind of go back to where the season began and the expectations that were set back then, which were not very high. It was just about competency. But this has been a wild ride, and you just don't want it to end. I mean, there's nobody, Gordon, in their right mind that if you had said to them, the Knicks are going to win 41 games this year. 41. <laughs> I mean, come 41, on. Gordon. 41 after having, what, 20, 21 last year? I mean, come on. That's a 20-game swing. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and the reason why no one could have predicted it, because it was so instrumental that Julius Randle became the player he became. Mm-hmm. And, and no one anywhere, even Nick, Nick fans, weren't only willing to trade him away. They were willing to drive him to the airport. So that's really where the, the, I think the, the whole thing stems from, the fact that he became – uh, I mean, no other way to say it, a franchise player. He mm-hmm. is your franchise player. He, 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 and that's very rare, especially in the NBA, for a guy who has played in the, year, in the league for five, six years to all of a sudden take his game from what you, what, where it was to where he took it, which was I would think he's going to finish top five, top six MVP this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and clearly runaway choice for most improved player. Oh, no. no I, don't runaway. even bother having the vote. Absolutely. <laughs> runaway. I mean, he's just – he, he he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, listen, hope and this is the this is the next adjustment for all of them. And this is where you have to start listening to a guy like Derek Rose who's been in the postseason, right? Thibodeau, who's been in the postseason. Julius Randle's never been in the postseason. And so to understand the atmosphere, how everything it's different. It's such a different season. It's so di- and you know, people just don't believe well, it's the playoffs. Yeah, but it's it's Gordon, it's a whole different world almost for you to to understand that every single possession means something. Every single one. And I was listening to the K show and the Don show. By the way, Don's got some pretty good moves I saw on yesterday. I was impressed. <laughs> uh, and, and a couple of the calls were like, well, you know, they're, they're this and they're that and, and, you know, what they do. I understand. And when you look at it logically, I get where the fans are coming from. But, Gordon, you can't look at this logically. You look at this as this is right now the consummate definition of what a team is. You've got one guy who is 1A in Julius Randle. I would think that right now Derrick Rose would be your 1B, and there's everybody else. And they're interchangeable in what they do, right? They're all interchangeable. And for me, uh, I'm just excited to watch how they make the adjustment, how they lean on their coaching and how preparation is going to be so important. And Gordon, it's the postseason, and I know that we talk about the players' league and everything, but in the postseason, coaching matters. How you prepare, your preparation, everything, what you do in key moments of games, it matters. This is where coaches earn their money. 
Yeah, and and look, it, it, the the Hawks, the Knicks, both teams don't have a whole lot of uh, playoff experience, I, and maybe this will be proven to be wrong. The fact that Tibbs is is so um, one way, to me, that one way kind of gets you ready for the playoffs, right? The fact that he stresses defense, the fact that you have to bring a certain level of effort and and, and accountability and all those type of things. It almost feels like he coaches like it's the playoffs, even when it's the regular season. So, look, I don't know how the series is going to turn out. I would be very surprised if we get into this series against the Hawks and the Knicks are like, whoa, I I didn't expect it to be like this. Mm. I I almost feel like they've been prepared for this the entire year. And you take a look down the stretch of the season when they were important games, important road trip out west. They responded for the most part. Now, there's, they have issues. I'm not telling you they don't have any flaws, and playoff series sometimes take those flaws and, and just exacerbate them. But uh, I would be very surprised if the Knicks get into this playoff series and they're not ready for what's ahead. I agree. And the thing that because you hang your hat on defense, because you are a team that prides itself on defense, your identity is defense, and three-point shooting, who would have thought that? But your identity is defense. It keeps you in games, Gordon, especially when games are more physical as they tend to be in the postseason and officials tend to not call the games the same way they do in the regular season. It helps you make the adjustment when you have to play defense and you're a defensive team. Yeah, and and to me, that's the only way that this season could not turn out to be uh, just a joy, is that if you got into a playoff series and and you weren't prepared or or you got out there and you're just getting blown out night in and night out and and you get an early exit, you get swept away, I find it very hard to believe that this Knicks team, after all they've gone through, um, the, the progress that they've made over this course of this season, you got the matchup you wanted, right? Like if you would have been facing, if you would have won your two games, but ended up as the six, you could understand, right? Going up against one of those top three teams, mm-hmm. the expectation level would not be as high. The mm-hmm. fact that you got what you wanted, you'll have home court, you're facing a team that you had success against that also doesn't have a whole lot of postseason experience, this is the matchup that the Knicks wanted. And now, you know, starting the weekend, they'll have to go out and handle their business. The season continues on, so it's important to, you know, appreciate the effort and the work that has gone into it thus far, but to also understand that the challenge continues and there's there's an intensity level to the playoffs that is much different than the regular season, so we have to prepare ourselves for that as well. Tom Thibodeau, who's done simply an unbelievable job with this team, with his thoughts on, yeah, we got the number four seed, but okay, now it's time for the playoffs. That was great. Now let's move on. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty and Damo on ESPN New York tonight. Special edition at 7 o'clock tonight. And going before we get to the phones, for me, one of the key things about this opening round series is it's the opening round series, Gordon. You know what that means. Games 1 and 2 this week, games 3 and 4 next yeah. week, the rest of the series in June. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of spacing out, right? And you get a full week off because now the play-in games and the Knicks can sit back and and just enjoy watching and finding out who is going to be matching up against the Sixers and who's going to be matching up against the Nets. So uh, it's tough for fans, right? Like after the weekend that you had, you're so jazzed up, the excitement level is through the roof, and and now unfortunately you got to wait until the weekend. But we'll, we'll find a way. But as a player who's played oh, 39, 38 minutes, sure. 39, 40 minutes a game, thank God for the first round of their playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and don't think that Tibbs is not going to be riding these guys in the, in, the, in games one and two with oh, the yes. knowledge that, uh, th- that there's going to be a lot of time off in between games. Yeah, and Gordon, we can discuss this a little later. I'm curious as to how this rotation's going to go because I'm noticing – there's some players who are not getting a lot of playing time and some folks who have popped up recently to get some playing time. Yeah, well, there's that one issue, and I think we all know what the issue is. We'll get to it a little bit later, and the minutes are, are dwindling, and yes, they even are. as low as they've gone, they still might be too high. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Jimmy's in Rahway. Jimmy, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Larry Gordon, how's everything? Taking the call. Jimmy, what's going on, man? Listen, Larry, you hit the nail on the head. You were talking about hoping for a playoff game in the beginning of the year. I had nightmares of Clarence Weatherspoon and Chanton Anderson. I thought oh, it was going to be that type of year. Oh, no. And, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, let me paint a picture for you and tell me if I'm off. You know, I think this year is almost a close, not exactly, but a close reflection to 2013. You look at a stud, you know, in the evolution from Carmelo Anthony. Now you have Randall. You have two captain veterans, you know, 
and Kenyon Martin, the kid, to, you know, Taj Gibson and Derrick Rose, and you have a six-man off the bench that can score and provide fire from J.R. Smith, now Alec Burke, and two coaches that created a culture that, you know, this team bought into, you know, from Woodson to Tibbs. I think a big thing that people will mention, are we going to see R.J. Barrett mature and show that he can be a 1A eventually in this league, or or I think that's the real big make or break. But either way, it's good for basketball, it's good for the city, and it's far from the days of, you know, Howard Isley and Michael Doliak running the pick and roll. <laughs> Jimmy, you are killing me. That's Thanks obscene. for the phone call. Yeah. Wow. Boy, but at least he didn't go back to Ken the Animal Bannister. I was there for that. <laughs> that, that that's, a, that's a real long while ago now. <laughs> it was. But, you know, he, you know, R.J. Barrett's got an interesting ceiling here, and he's played really – he's kind of been up and down over the past couple of games, Gordon. And what's fascinating for me is he really – and Walt Clyde Frazier's talked about this a lot. He's really so much of a second-half player, right? He just seems to not wait to get into the floor game, and I appreciate it. Uh, see, he's not forcing that he's trying to wait for the game to come to him, but he just doesn't seem to score well in the first half, but he makes adjustments in the second half. So uh, I am curious to see how he's going to perform in these playoffs because, listen, it's his second year in the league. He doesn't know, he doesn't know what this is like. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, kind of making the comparisons between the, the team eight years ago and this team, uh, clearly – now, look, we have hindsight, so we know how the, the 2013 team was kind of here today and gone tomorrow – this team, there's going to be changes after this season, but I think that the growth can all – you take a look at what they've been able to do with the roster that won 21 games a year ago, it's kind of hard not to be excited about what the direction's going to be after this year because they're set up, right? they got all this cap space. they got all these draft picks. Uh, they, they, they've got some young players already on the roster, and they should certainly be now an appealing destination where I don't know that they've been that in a very long time. You're right about that, and uh, you know what? Tim Legler talked about that on DCR. We'll hear from him in a second. But just to follow up on that, Gordon, that, that's the difference between the two teams, right? That team was expected to win now. Yes. They wanted to go as far as they possibly could. They were the rival to the big three. Remember, it's Stoudemire, it's, it's, it's Carmelo, and then they brought in some other guys. They brought in Jason Kidd, and you know they, they brought in some other players just to try to maximize that effort. Okay, but those players, when you look at Kidd, great player on the way out. Uh, you know, right now you're looking at the beginning, hopefully, of something grand that can extend. It's it's you're hoping for this Gordon to be more like what the Knicks of the 80s, right? The late 80s that turned into the Knicks of the 90s, where you had your Mark Jacksons and you had your Rod Strickland and you had your, your Patrick Ewing and Johnny Newman and and those players, and, and they built and went upward. So that's the difference between. That, for me, that's the difference between the two teams. So I think this team is actually closer, while I understand his analogy, this team is actually closer to those teams because, as you mentioned, you got such a high ceiling going forward. Yeah, and, and Tibbs has shown you already what he's about in year one. I think that whenever this season ends, and I don't want it to end for a very long time, but whenever this season ends, then it's going to be about Leon Rose and the front office showing you what they're about, right? Like their work is still to come. Tibbs has already done the heavy lifting with this roster as the coach. Then it's going to be about how do we take all these assets that we have and turn them into more assets on the roster. And what has helped, as Tim Legler told DiPietro Canton Rothenberg this morning, is how the Knicks have repaired their image because they're winning. Here's what Tim had to say. Right now, I don't think you can doubt this team because of their toughness. Playing in a seven-game series against a team that could be that good defensively at times, who knows what's going to happen. But regardless, even if they lose to the Hawks in the first round, as long as they don't get swept or something happens that really gives you a bitter feeling at the end of the year, you got to think about how important it is that you have seen a transformation of an organization, the relevance of an organization in one season. And that's the big thing. One season, Gordon, the turnaround here, and we keep saying it because it's, it's eye-popping. Gordon, I can't think of a team over the past decade or two in New York that made such an overnight flip the switch change from outhouse to penthouse. Yeah, and, and the thing is that they really didn't change much of the roster. That's the, nope. ama that's the really amazing thing. You know, we've had plenty of, of, of changes, and, and, and whoever comes in, they'll make the big splashy trade or they'll big, make the big signing here or there. And whether or not that pays off in the long run, generally it, it doesn't. But the Knicks haven't really done that. You know, their change was their acquisition in the offseason was the coach. That was the change that they really made, and that's the change that impacted all the other ones. Yeah, the big free agent. That was their big free agent acquisition. 
Yeah, yeah, and we are one. <laughs> now, I mean, again, uh, the fact that Leon Rose has all these connections everywhere else, I mean, that has to make you feel like here's a guy that actually has his finger on the pulse. You know, other people have said that they had the finger on the pulse of all the people around the league. This guy has actually brokered the deals for all those guys around the league. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, there's a point guard on this team that should be very, very concerned about how much they're going to play. Because when Why? I looked up, <laughs> Gordon, when I looked up and I saw Frank Nilakina on yeah. the floor at the end of a game, I was like, I know he's there for defense, but wow. Back to the phones we go, Gordon. Spike. Oh, I know he's had a party in St. Pete. Spike is next on 98.7. The band is back together. And we're whole and we have the fourth seed. We got the best, as I told Gordon yesterday, we got the best possible matchup. And they're no slouches, so it's not time to fall asleep. Don't be surprised, boys, when you read the box score to me after the games and you're going to see some 46s and 44s under the MP. <laughs> That's for sure, with all the time off. He's not going to, you know, he's not, he, no one's getting a blow in this game because they're going to get time off. And uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I told Michael today, I was a little perplexed, and I went over this a little, uh, Larry, if you're hearing it again, I'm sorry to the new listeners, as you know. But I, I still can't figure out what happened with Milwaukee and Miami because Milwaukee beat Miami last year. It was a last-minute scratch with five days till the next game and the, uh, with, with Jimmy Butler, who was the heart and soul of that Miami team. I don't know what happened there. They could have had home court and played the Knicks. So what does that tell you? Is Riley and Spolster, did they put their heads together and say, I don't want any part of the Knicks? I mean, I can't think of anything else. So I'll get your opinion on that, and I'll get off in a second. I just want to say this. We've been through this season together, the three of us and others on the station, and it's been very rewarding. Since we've moved to Florida, the Knicks are 24 and 12, I think. So wow. uh, that's, only, that's only coincidence. Uh, they've been, I think they won 16 of their last 20. Hats off to the whole organization. Really, it's just been so much fun. How you know? We always talk that Randall went from twenty-eight to forty-one percent. They're the first best defensive team, or the first and second offensive in the deficient area, which we talked about until the cows came home for the last three years, Larry, about not closing out on threes. But here's what you do. You take Trey Young when you have the ball and you run him into every screen and pick you can. That's what you do. That's the strategy. You learned how to play that way, and I'm sure you did, Gordon. <laughs> you got to tire the shooter out on the other end of the floor and let the chips fall where they may. I wasn't worried yesterday, Larry. I, I told Gordon I was a little tardy on my early call because I was out for a celebratory bike ride, and nice. Jacob mentioned something to me. I, I was just... I didn't think when they took that uh, 95, 92, whatever the score was, and they had a shot to tie it, I, I just didn't think they could do it. But uh, it wasn't as easy as I would have preferred it. But they've been practicing probably from 11 o'clock today. They'll practice every day. There'll be hard practices, and he'll pile up 46, 44 minutes for Randall and Barrett. And we got what we wanted, boys. I just wish it was tomorrow, but that's selfish. I thank you for all the support you've given me. All right, Spike. Thanks right. for checking in. And listen, a couple of things, Gordon. Um, I'll start at the end first and go back to the Milwaukee-Miami situation. I would hope today that Tibbs would have made today a video walkthrough. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? Back-to-back <laughs> yes. -back days, Saturday, right. Sunday. Give them the video walkthrough. Look at the team. Let's, you know, you faced them already. You know what they've done. You, you just played them a couple, maybe a week or so ago. Okay. And then you start to go into, and you want to ramp. This is what I would do, but I know, you know, you ramp up your practices, you know, to the middle of the week, Gordon, and then like Friday, depending on when your first game is, we don't know if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday, depending on what that is, then maybe you do another walkthrough right before then. Uh, so that's what I would do with them. And as far as the Milwaukee-Miami situation, you know what? 
I just think that for Budenholzer, he just wanted to get his team, make sure they were ready for the postseason. Listen, let's go in there and let's let's play everybody. Let's go in there on the high. Let's build some momentum. Let's see what we've got. Uh, if you're my if you're Miami, here's what you're thinking. Listen, we got Jimmy Butler hurt. I think he was hurt, Gordon. Because yeah, I do too. I do too. And I, I think, think that's that, the reason. Like, like, do you would you rather have a a chance at a higher seed, or would you rather have Jimmy Butler as close to healthy as you can have him and be a lower seed? I'd rather have the healthier player. Mm-hmm. So no I think that that's you know they they weren't taking any chances. They probably feel like uh, you know being where they are, they can still win, uh, but they can't win if Jimmy Butler is not as close to a hundred percent as possible. Right, and from the Milwaukee standpoint, let's let's play with that. We don't need to rest anybody. Let's go. Let's yeah, put everybody and, uh, in there. Think about go. what a terrible mindset that would be if your head coach was saying, uh, you know, let's uh, we, we can't beat the Heat in the first round. So let's uh, you know let's make sure we uh, we rest our guys and we we avoid them as much as possible. No, you, you, I think if you're Mike Budenholzer, you, you think that your team your team is a title contender this year. You think you should right. be able to beat everybody anywhere. Never mind in the Eastern Conference. You should. Merv's in Forest Hills. Hey, Merv, you're next on 98.7. Larry and Gordon, it's been so real, man. I love you guys' advice. I got just – you stole my thunder. You mentioned everything I wanted to say, but I, I can't uh, stress enough. Like last year, the way people were excited about the Nets, you know, just making the playoffs, and they were saying about the pieces they'd attract. So I'm trying to say about the Knicks is, thank God the jokes are gone and the arrows pointed in the right direction, cap space, youth, and Thibodeau, who is the real MVP because I think he sleeps two hours a night at most. I'm super psyched for this weekend, and what do you guys think about even next year? Finally, thank God that the shit is pointed in the right direction. Thank you, guys. All right, Merv, thanks for checking in. No, listen, we're excited about next year because you, and especially with what you've done with minimal change in personnel, all right, you you brought one guy back who revamped on his own, and you added a player who you had before, who seems like he's totally a different guy in in uh, Derrick Rose. So Gordon, you got to feel pretty good about where you where the future is with this team right now. Absolutely, I just not I'm not focused on it right now, right? Like mm-hmm. I just want to get let, get me to the play. You know, somebody said uh, called up one of the shows and was like, well, where are the Knicks going to be in three years? I'm like, three years? Let's get through the the, the next seven days, right? Yeah. I mean, like let's get to, let's see how this playoff series plays out. It's been eight years since you've had playoff games to focus on. Let's focus on them for a little while before we start jumping to what's next year and what guys you're going to get and everything else. I get that that has been generally at this time of the year. That would Nick, that's what Nick fans have been thinking about, right? Because you haven't had any playoff games, the ping pong balls or how whether we're going to sign this guy or that guy. I just want to focus on the games right now at this point. But the future clearly for the Knicks is bright. It is. It is. Unless you're Alfred Payton, Gordon. Yeah. That's, I mean, he's do, just. Do we have to talk about that? Yeah. He, he had a stretch over the past couple of games, Gordon, where I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, when, when Breen and, and Clyde say that somebody on the Knicks is lost on the court, mm-hmm. that tells you just how, I mean, he's going through a rough patch right now. And I just don't, he's, he's a liability on the court. And I don't know how you can afford to live with that. At this point, I, I get that there's not that many great options. Mm-hmm. But I think if I had to list the bad options, I think he might be at the top of the list. Well, clearly he's lost favor in with Thibodeau. Okay? I mean, yes. Alec Burks is running the point again. Right. But it's almost like Tibbs is trying to, like, steal minutes in these games, hoping that it will eventually get him going. And then when he sees mm-hmm. that he's clearly not going, obviously he has to pull him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine, you know. That's okay when when it's regular season games. I think the fear has to be if you try to steal, you can't afford to be going down in early on in playoff games and just hoping that over the course of the game you'll be able to make up that time. Because when he comes on the court, he, he's just such a liability right now. And, and it's almost like offensively, it's not like he was ever a good player or, or, or a big contributor. But now it's so bad that it's like he's it's four on five. The other it team's is. not even respecting him. And now the the offensive funk has gotten into his head that defensively he's also slipped a lot. Mm-hmm. He has. He's gone down. He was averaging 12 points a game, Gordon, a little over a month ago. Now he's down to 5.2 points, and his minutes have been cut an average of 10 minutes per game, a little over 10 minutes per game. And – he, he was 
Brian and Mike did a great job with the stats. He had a plus minus of uh, 0 0.8. Now his plus minus, it's three, his, he's a minus 3.6. Yeah, I mean Gordon, and what do we what do we always say about him? Well, he, you know, my biggest problem with him was he saw the floor okay, but he always missed the layups. Gordon, he he could get to the basket, he could put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, but he wouldn't finish, doesn't hit free throws. I mean, you're at the point now where okay, maybe you start him. Are you putting him on Trey Young in this series? <laughs> no. I mean, how, how could you put him on Trey no. Young? No. You can't. I mean, I don't know how you can give him meaningful minutes. Now, it doesn't mean that he can't contribute in some way. Listen, I understand you, you brought him to the dance. You're going to start him. So for him, here's what he has to do, Gordon. He's got to put the regular season out of his mind right now. He's got to come and focus on passing the ball, getting the ball to the right guy, and playing tough defense. If you score, you score. Because what's going to happen is already you know that the bench gets shorter and shorter. All right? He's, not play he's very rarely playing in the fourth quarter at this point. So while you're on the court, you have to just listen. Here's what I'm doing. Rebounding, passing the ball, and playing as tough a defense as I can. And that's all you can have from him, Gordon, because otherwise you go, there's no need to play him. Yeah, no need. I, I, again, there's, there's not many great options. That's the, the issue. If there were any other options, really, if he had any faith in, um, in, in, in Neil Aquina or, you know, um, if he could play Rose extended minutes because he, he was five years younger or something like that, um, I think that they would have already kind of made that switch, but you just take a look. The, you know, there was a stretch of the game of, of the video that I saw that th there's one point where he's standing off in the court. The game's going on. The mm -hmm. play is, is is going on, and he's standing in the corner with his hands on his hips, like like he's not like me when I'm on the court because I know I'm not going to shoot. You know what I mean? So um, it's clearly gotten into his head. I don't know if the week off is enough to kind of refresh him. I'm sure that Tibbs. Very loyal to his guys, so I'm sure he's going to have some loyalty and, 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 and put him out there. I mean, he's still starting even now. I just don't think the, – the thing you don't want to have is to keep doing it until it burns you. Because right. if it burns you in a exactly. playoff series, well, that might burn you for the whole series. And yep. unfortunately, I feel like that's the way that they end up going to go because Tibbs is just so loyal to his guys. But I think at this point he's just such a li liability that even while the team has been – very successful, right? Like this is the best stretch that they've had of the season. And mm -hmm. they've done that with him going through the roughest stretch of his season. Yeah. Because they've done it in spite of him. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They've done it in spite of him and his minutes have been cut. So he, he hasn't been part of that, 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 that problem. Okay. Cause he's been off the floor and here, here's when you knew that he was in trouble. Okay. When Rose was hurt and IQ was hurt. He didn't get much playing time still. No. He still didn't get a lot of playing time. So that's when you knew if he couldn't step up in that situation, you knew he was in trouble. And so you're right. This is a time where he can just, listen, forget about the. All you can do is forget about the, the regular season and go and play your hardest. And you can redeem yourself, Gordon, because this is when the light shines bright. This is the postseason. You can turn all that into, boy, remember when he was like that? People even talk about that. They'll be like, man, look at, look at Alfred Payton. Wow, he had a really great game. You have the opportunity to turn it around. See if you can. There's been more than enough examples, right? Yankee got Yankee players who have bad regular seasons. You have a big postseason, and all of a sudden the regular season's forgotten. It's just uh, from what you've seen, it would be very uh, surprising at this point if Alfred Payton is able to get back to even where he was playing earlier this year because it was not like there was ever a stretch where you're like, wow, you know, he, he's such a major contributor to the team you were just kind of looking for competency and mm -hmm. that has, that has degraded to such an extent that I don't see how you can put him out there in any meaningful minutes. And in a playoff game, they're all meaningful minutes. That's right. That's right. I mean, Gordon, I, I, I hope, and this is sound strange. I hope he's hurt. You know what it I mean? It almost make more sense, right? Yeah. I hope he's battling an injury that he just doesn't want to come out. He thinks he can do it. He thinks he can hang on with the team and whatnot. He wants to be a part of it. I understand that. I would like to think that that would be an excuse or the reason why his play has suffered the way it has of late. It really has because it's, yeah. it's it's brutal right now. It's brutal. And, and you just keep thinking like there's almost points where you're thinking, well, it can't get any worse than this. And it continues. So it, it obviously does get worse than that. I mean, in the last five games, he's three for 19 from the floor. Oh. It's not like you're expecting a whole lot of offense out of him anyway. But no. when his defense has been, I mean, teams are attacking him. And what do you think is going to happen in a playoff series where you're seeing the same team? Night yeah. at night out, right? go right at him. Of and course. Go, and they're going to leave him wide open. 
Because oh, they know he's, absolutely. He's, There's no he's need to shoot. Right, of course. And especially when you know that Randall's going to be doubled as much as possible because mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the obvious game plan is Randall's not going to be to find somebody else who will. That's the way it's got to be. That's how I would coach him. That's of simple. course. Back to the phones we go, talking Knicks. We'll talk baseball a little later, but Gordon, I'm trying to get a doctor to come on the show so we could talk about the Mets oh, and Yankees. Uh, you could make an entire <laughs> team out of the guys who have been injured so far this year for the Yankees and the Mets, right? Voight to start the year. Yep. McNeil now. Glaber's mm-hmm. on the IL. Mm-hmm. J.D. Davis. Mm-hmm. Nimmo, Hicks, Conforto. Uh, we don't have a catcher, but we got a D.H. in Stanton. Yeah. And then the pitchers, I mean, a nice rotation. Noah, Carrasco, yeah. Lugo, Patances, Britton. I mean, you got plenty of guys. I mean... I don't know it's who year that, after year, right? I mean, it's year every year. It's every year. You know, maybe rather than the training methods, maybe it's just the guys you got. Could be. Maybe they're just injury-prone guys. Maybe. You're going to have to look at it. I tell you, it makes you it makes you wonder. And we still got guys of the Mets who still aren't hitting. Still. Oh, I mean, I, you, still. you know what I did not notice until this weekend? I just kind of took a look at it. You know, obviously, I focus more on the Yankees than the Mets. But I was kind of looking at Lindor, and I'm saying, you know, oh, what, what's the issue? Do you realize against lefties – He's actually been okay. Lefties, he's hitting 241 on base of 353, slugging of 448. Okay, maybe a little down there on the, on, uh, on, the, on the batting average, but okay. Against righties, which you're facing more times than not, he has been anemic. 174 batting average, mm-hmm. 284 on base, and a slugging <sighs> of 228. He has no power like, batting left-handed. Nothing. Very odd. Nothing. Nothing. And, and the 174, listen. I, I, you would have thought I'd it was lower, right? <laughs> I thought it was like 124 or something like that. I mean, right, you yeah. know, and w- with this total average, I'm like, man, how is, I wish I could get some lefties. In, I, can I get some lefty batters, pitchers on facing the mat, please? Jeez. Well, you got you one tonight, so we'll see if you can get a big hit tonight. Uh, not yet. No score no. in the bottom of the third. <laughs> no, no, no. He's building <laughs> the yet. drama. You know, he's building the drama. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. Yeah. Like like all season. <laughs> well, it hits, it's going to really hit hard. <laughs> oh, it is. And we're yeah. going to remember, Gordon, because yeah. we haven't seen much yeah, of it. No, yet. not a lot. Mm-mm. Will's in Long Island. Hey, Will, you're next on 98.7. Here is uh, the Alfred uh, Payton defense lawyer. Okay. Alfred has been an effective player three quarters of the season. Very effective. Now, he's playing off the ball. It's a little bit like what happened to Jeremy Lin in Houston, you know, when they you know, brought him in as a point guard player. The offense is designed to run through Randall and Barrett with a fair amount of one-on-one playing. You don't have a traditional role for a point guard. Okay, so that's one thing Alfred's had to adapt to. Second point, after Derrick Rose came in, started playing very well, you know, surprised everyone with how many minutes he could play. It became apparent to him he wasn't going to get back into the game. So you're only going to be there seven minutes in the first quarter, seven minutes in the third quarter. You're pressing. You may only get a couple of shots. This is not a fair – I mean, you look at the body of work of of Alfred throughout his entire career. He was a guy who got seven, eight assists a game. Even this year, you know, his field goal percentage until this downdraft lately was in the mid-40s. He was very effective in a lot of games. He wasn't always consistent, but a lot of guys in the league aren't consistent. He's not a star, but, I mean, the way he's been trashed by New York fans is pitiful. I mean, there was a time when New York fans knew something about basketball when I was Well, now, hold on a second. Let's be be fair, Will. And he has been trashed a lot, and not just this year. He was trashed since he's been here because, obviously, the Knicks really, really need a point guard, and he has not been that guy. To be fair to him, yes, the offense has changed. But, Will, we cannot disagree. The moments that he is on the court, okay, and some of these moments he is not on the court with either Barrett or Julius Randle, he's not getting the job done. He's not even able to get to the basket, put the ball on the floor, which he has been successful at, and not even making the layups. Yeah, but he's playing against the better defenses. When when Rose comes in the game, you know you've got the the other team's uh, second line well, players. Well, Rose out there. is coming in the game in the second and fourth quarters game. now. Alfred Payton is not playing the stars in the third quarter when he's starting. There's menace that he's not. Here's where here's where I will agree to disagree with you, and I'll let Gordon have his say with you. Here's where we'll agree to disagree. The moments that he is on the floor, well, he could do better than what he's doing. It's bottom line. 
He, and his he numbers are saying he was an effective player year. for three quarters did, of the year. He didn't become a stiff overnight, you know. But he has. It, it, and it's been it's been trending in that direction, and it continues to trend downward. I mean, like, yes, you're saying, well, he only gets, the, and he the, only gets and seven the minutes here is, or seven minutes there. Why do you think that is? He used well, to be playing well, 22, because, 23 because, minutes. It's, it's not like he's so effective that Tom Thibodeau is saying, let's take him out because he's so effective. Thibodeau has committed to Derrick Rose. That is right. very difficult to adjust to in the middle of the year. Because he wants that extra well, scoring. Well, well, well Alfred's not a D- big Derek scorer, Rose is here he's now. He's a twelve-point-a-game guy. Right? Why did? He, but he's here now. Here's the situation. You have to either, you know, uh, I, I was going to use a phrase that I can't. You either have to do it or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Like if Derek Rose is here get, now. You have to adjust. He's not adjusted. He's gotten worse. If you only get two or three chances in seven minutes and maybe sometimes only two, can you really predict what the outcome of a couple of shots is going to be? I mean, you're Will, really I can. Will. With him, no, I can. leave the game pretty quickly. Well, he's a but veteran. He's a veteran, Will. Right. And, this is and, not, and yeah. he, he's not a rookie. He's not a second-year player. He's a veteran. And for him, and thanks for the call, Will. Interesting. I, I love you defending him. And for him to lose minutes, Gordon, to Frank Nilakina. Right. Tells you all you need to know about how he's performing. All you need to know, right. And and you know what? When Neil Akina's in there, not that he's any great shakes either, he's more function. He's a more effective player when he's been in there than Alfred Payton has been lately. And when when I saw him in there at the end of the game, uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, I mean, what else do I got, right? It's not like I have a whole bunch of options. Exactly. And and listen, he's hit a couple of threes, Gordon. They're looking to sit a couple of threes. Yeah, and, and he seems far more invested on the defensive side absolutely. than Alfred Payton is right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, listen, I, I understand, but it's not like he's losing minutes to just Derrick Rose here. He's losing minutes to a guy who everyone, many people thought wouldn't be here along with Julius Randle right. <laughs> at the start of the year because we thought he was going to be away. Gordon, I tell you, we'll get to the calls in a second. Just watching uh, the Yankees with uh, runners in scoring position. They got a big hit there, Gordon. Yes, well, it's Gio Urshela, oh. right? I mean, oh, yeah. That's he's... what you've come to expect from Gio Urshela. He's played well this year. He he is a very good player. I mean, really, you'd have to say other guys have had higher highs, but over the course of the year, just a steady player. Uh, he has had uh, a lot of big hits. He had the big home run against the Orioles the other day. He, he plays third, and he's been dinged up, and he's played through it, so... Uh, he might be the Yankees' best player overall this year. Uh, first quarter MVP? Well, it would have to be Cole, right? I mean, Cole has just been out of his mind. But in terms of the offensive guys, right? Yeah, like, everyday players, like, Yeah, Stanton had his two weeks and, and mm-hmm. is now on the, DII, on the IL. I still call it the DL. Uh, Judge okay. has had his, certainly his moments as well, um, mm-hmm. but has also slumped a lot. So, LeMahieu's had a moment or two here, but I don't know. Urshela just feels like he's in a lot of the middle of a lot of big stuff that goes on. And you know what? I I don't want to jinx it by saying it too soon. Mm -hmm. Some signs of life from Gary Sanchez the last week. Yeah, you know what? And he – they made a pretty good play on him. He hit the ball hard. They hit, he hit into hit double play, hard, but he double play. Yeah. But you know what? He made contact. He, he's he's making contact a little bit more often in the last. Now look, they played the Orioles. This is the Rangers. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. It feels like every time there's these little glimmers of hope, he goes right back to you know oh for the next twelve with six strikeouts. But now that that DH spot is open, they can have Agashioka catch more times than not, and then allow. Yeah. Sanchez to just worry about hitting and may, maybe that might free him up a little bit. I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened, right? Yeah. Oh, what a great play by Swanson. Oh, taking the hit away. Oh, that's a great play. Off Alonzo, right? Wow. Back to the phones we go. Gil is in the Big Apple. Hey, Gil, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up, Gil? Hey, no, nah, just this. I just wanted to weigh in real, real, real quick on, on this. Uh you know, being to that topic of your pain here. I, I think the uh, what it, what it comes down to is we have a starting point guard who up until recently was playing well over 20 minutes a game, and he c- can't shoot. He shoots 40 percent from the floor, and they're all layups. So that's impressive. That's impressive by by itself. Can't shoot threes. 
and is a completely overrated defender. And the only pass that he does is a uh, random pass at the top of the key every, every time out there, right? So I think the frustration comes where we have better options. You know, we have a rookie who's exciting, who gets pulled after one mistake, but Payne can go out there and stink it up for 20 minutes a game. Until, until, until recently, which to, to credit to Tibbs, he's been weaning that off. But it's not a coincidence that all year, all, all season long, the beginnings of games and the starts of the third quarters have been abysmal for, 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 for this team. It's not a coincidence whatsoever. That's, that's been going on the entire year. That's, that's all I wanted to say. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very simple. Make him, uh, make him a back of the rotation player like you do to better players that you stick on the bench. Uh, start rolls, bring Burke and IQ off the bench, and everything solves itself. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Gil, and thanks for the phone call. But, you know, you need him. This is a guy with experience. This is a guy who you want to perform. This is a guy who, if you can get something out of him, Gordon, positively, he helps control your minutes of your other players. As I mentioned, yeah, you need Rose the on the floor late. You you need, you want to have IQ in there, but you want to limit him because of the fact that, you know, you don't know what he's going to be. He's a rookie. Sometimes games are good. Sometimes games are struggling. You know, he's up and down a little bit. So that's the issue is that you're forcing Alec Burks. Listen, Alec Burks is doing a serviceable job, Gordon, but he's not a point guard. Right. Yeah, and, and and you can see that when he's when he's handling the ball. And plus, he's he's like such a big three point sniper. You don't want him taking him away from that role as well. So uh, they've they've asked a lot out of Alec Burks here over the last ten fifteen games, and uh, or how long? How many games has he been back? The last third About of the five season, or they've been games, yeah. yeah. I mean, the last third of the season, they've been mm-hmm. asking a lot since he's uh, you know uh, uh, of the schedule, but. There's not that many great options. I mean, that's the thing. If there were if there were better options for the Knicks than Alfred Payton, they would have used them by now. You know, you're talking about riding guys more than you're already riding them. You're talking about a rookie player and and quickly giving him more minutes, or or going to Frank Nilakina. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. That's it. And in the postseason, I don't know if those are the options you're looking for. No. Uh, you know? can, can you see? Can you see? Tibbs trusting Frank Nielakina with big minutes? No. Import- no. Not even a lot of minutes. I'm just talking no. important minutes. No. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't see it. But you no. know, listen, if 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 it means I gotta try to slow down Trey Young, I'll, yeah, I'll, I, look, let me throw I, a couple of minutes there. You know, I, in that scenario, yes, but not big minutes. I, absolutely. I think it's wor- I think it's worth a shot. I do, mm-hmm. because you know, at least with, with Frank, you know that he can defend. Now, he does get into foul trouble sometimes. Sometimes he does force things a little bit too much. But at least I'm seeing effort out of him where with, with, um, with Peyton. Peyton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just seems like it's, it, he is so inside his own head and the struggles are just yeah. so great. Might be time to put Elf on the shelf, you know? I don't know if there's any you, other way Elf to go. On the shelf. Wow, look at all this witticism I've missed while I was <laughs> You've away. been gone for a whole week. I had a week to think that up. <laughs> Lee's in Long Island. Hey, Lee, you're next on 98.7. Well, uh, thanks for taking my call. What's up, Lee? Pleasure to talk to you guys. Thank you. Uh, not much, not much. I want to uh, throw an interesting uh, stat to you guys. Over the last five games, uh, last five games, Alfred Payton has more turnovers for and field goals made, three. And uh, field goals made, free throws, and three points altogether. He also has more fouls, eight, than total points, six. It's not the way to do it. I don't think Alpha Tate, I, I disagree with you guys. I think uh, Alec Burks is totally capable of playing point guard. He can shoot the ball. He can take it to the rack. Um, the offense is ran through Julius Randle anyway. Uh, he could be a facilitator. He's a good passer. I just, uh, I just think I don't think they should play Alfred Payton. Yesterday, uh, I think it was Grant Williams that made the three-pointer. Alfred Payton was late getting back. I don't know if you guys seen it on uh, on TV, but you could see R.J. Barrett turning around and yelling at at Alfred Payton because he came back late and let Grant Williams hit that three-pointer. Hmm. So I just think you know Alex Burks would be perfect. You know, let him let him uh, start at point guard, and then you could bring you know Pickley and Rose off the bench. Well, I'll say this, Lee, and thanks for the phone call. What works and seems to work in the regular season does not always work in the postseason, right? And if you think that teams are just going to not pressure Alec Burks. Right, that's the thing. When in, in meaningful minutes, guard. he's not a point guard. I mean, he had a turnover in the game last in the game yesterday afternoon that led to a fast break. Mm-hmm. So while I understand what you're saying, yes, he has done a nice job bringing the ball up. 
Uh, but, you know, in, in the playoffs, these are the things that coaches do to tweak their defense that you get away with it in the regular season. You don't get away with it in the postseason, especially when you have the same opponent, Gordon, night after night after night that you're going to have in the playoffs. Yeah, and so I, I think at this point it's about what's the, what's the best bad option, right? Like you, yeah. you were talking yeah. about Burks, you know, he's not really a point guard. Peyton struggles. Neil Akina's issues. It's all about crafting. Well, what is going to be, what's going to hurt me the least. Mm -hmm. And I think that Peyton playing any meaningful minutes when he's playing like this, I think he almost has to kind of earn back the trust. I agree. Definitely. I don't know. You can do that in the postseason, right? No, he's he's going to have to have a hell a hell of a game. <laughs> yeah. Got, well, look, I mean the 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 opportunity. I don't think that he is going to completely bench him. I, I don't think that that's. I don't think that when the starting lineups come out either Saturday or Sunday, that Alfred Payton is not going to be the starter. So mm-hmm. he'll have another opportunity. The only problem is you can try and steal those minutes, but if you're going to go with it until it it hurts you. It might hurt you enough that you lose, you know, you lose game one. All of a sudden, this home court that we're talking about night in and night out, that's gone. It's out the window. You're right. You're right. It's gone. And the uh, the Knicks have a very, even with all the great success they've had, they have a very narrow margin for error. And I'll be honest with you, Gordon. I'm concerned in the postseason with the amount that Julius Randle handles the basketball, bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure that the Hawks are going to go to town on that, right? Like, uh, that's something that you know he he does a lot. And I would think that the Knicks would like to uh, maybe have someone else handle that responsibility because Randall's going to have so many other responsibilities. But mm-hmm. I'm sure the Hawks are focusing on that as well. Yeah, and you know they're going to, when he gets the ball, he's going to be double teamed. I mean, you you oh, just have to course. understand that – what 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 you were able to do during the regular season, going you have to ex- expect and be ready to adjust. Okay, maybe they don't do it. Maybe they don't show it to you. But here's what I'm expecting from Atlanta. I'm expecting them to double team Randall. I'm expecting the Knicks to see a lot of zone. And and I'm expecting them to pressure who hand, whoever handles the basketball when it's not a, a a legitimate point guard or a guard that can handle. I do. That's what I expect. I, I also think that this is going to be the type of series where R.J. Barrett's going to have to prove it to the Hawks, right? Like yes. It feels like the level of disrespect that Barrett even gets now is, is oversized compared to where his production has been. Like, uh, you know, earlier in the year where they had that game against the T-Wolves and the, they said after the game, was it Ed, Ed Edwards that said, yeah. we mm-hmm. wanted him to shoot that shot. So I think this is going to be a big series for him. And, um, and he'll, I think he'll have the opportunity because I think you're right. I think they're going to, do everything they can to take Randall out. That, that has to be the game plan to try to slow him down as much as possible and see who else can beat you. Can Derrick Rose keep doing this? Can Randall, uh, excuse me, can Barrett keep doing this? Is Bullock or um, Burks going to hit the threes like this? So it's going to be, I think the next guy stepping up is obviously going to be R.J. Barrett. Yeah, and IQ will be huge off the bench. Yes. Whatever he could give them off the bench would be great because, once again, it steals minutes away from when you have to have Rose in late in the game in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's all about, right, like, it's all about trying to craft the, the scenarios for yourself to put yourself in position. And with the, with the Knicks having such a, a narrow margin for error, Tibbs has done an amazing job of putting guys in position to succeed throughout the course of the season. But again, it does come down to those guys succeeding. So like for, we're talking so much about Alfred Payton, he will have some opportunities here, but at some point, if you don't hit your shots, if you don't play your defense, if you don't, you know, pass as effectively as you can, well, then you can't be relied upon. It's just, it's it's as simple as that. It is very simple. Very. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.